Stinging waves, fox spear, lock is action, very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, black alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Beat your bad left, Edward is an idiot. Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Data's cat, Kempex cat, Q has had enough of that. Beat me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Around the globe, it is Monday night, 7.30 p.m. on September 5th, 2022, and this is kind of a special show for me. I know that um, I told you guys that we were not having a show today. And I gave my other co-hosts the day off. And that is because yesterday was my 30th anniversary to my awesome wife. You guys probably hear her in the background asking me if the chickens thawed, that I let the dog out, that I locked the window, that type of stuff. Uh, that would be Ewok Karen. And sometimes she pops on the show from time to time. And a little story last year. For our wedding anniversary, we ended up at Pine Bush, New York at the UFO Festival, and we did a live podcast from there. You guys can go back and check that out. We had a blast. So this year, we decided, well, go back. It was so much fun. Let's do it again. So we made a reservation, and we went down there for the UFO Festival. However, we missed it. it they moved it from Labor Day to Memorial Day. So here we are down in Pine Bush, New York, which is about a three-and-a-half-hour ride from here. Uh, with nothing to do. We're like, what are we going to do? We can't cancel the reservation. And so my incredibly awesome wife goes online and finds out that on Saturday night at the Fair Oaks Drive-In Theater, they're having Fright Fest. And at Fright Fest, they're going to have Dee Wallace and Alan Howarth appearing. And they're going to be showing Cujo and The Howling, which are two of Dee Wallace's uh, big movies. She was also the mother in E.T. And uh, they're also going to be showing uh, Phantasm 2. Um, uh, Phantasm 2. And uh, there was, they were showing five, a total of five movies. It was Dusk to Dawn. So we said, well, let's go and, and check this out. It sounds fun. So we're going to talk to you guys a little bit about what it was like going to a convention, a, a semi-convention. At a drive-in movie theater, it's something that, that I've never done, something I never thought I would do. And it was such a unique experience that I decided to share it with you guys. Well, not only am I here to share it with you, yours truly, Uncle Jim, but one of my co-hosts who doesn't come on very often, but from time to time will bop on with me, uh, my very own awesome daughter, Jamie. How you doing tonight, Jamie? Good, yeah. They they were showing Cujo, the Howling, uh, uh, Freddy, of course. Who doesn't like Freddy? And uh, the only movie, surprisingly, that they were not showing was E.T. and Halloween. Though maybe they were, and I just wasn't aware of it. But 
it was an awesome convention. I would highly recommend checking it out if you're interested. Uh, there was a lot of like-minded horror film fans there, that being that it was Horror Film Fest 2022, which my parents and I had never found out about until just this past weekend celebrating their 30th anniversary, which happy anniversary to the one and the only Trek Talking, a.k.a. Uncle Jim. And, uh, you know, it's just wonderful to have them as parents. Uh, they also had Carl Strike at their wedding, which is Lurch from the Adams Family. And if those of you that don't know who that is, look him up. But he was Lurch in the Adams Family, the original Adams Family, which I believe, when was that film out? Uh, the 90s, I believe. I think that was a 90s film. But 90s. Uh, anyhow. Yeah, yeah, nine ninety one. I want to say awesome film. I mean, he, you know, everyone knows his all famous saying, "You rang," and he, he's just awesome. I mean, he's seven foot tall. How can you miss the guy? He's great. But anyway, make a long story short, I had always known D. Wallace from the all famous Cujo. But what I, the movie that I always remembered her and was one of my favorite movies as a child and my childhood, and which it still is today. D. Wallace was an awesome movie mother and she did a great job acting in that movie and it was an opportunity of a lifetime to have the chance to meet her and speak with her about her work as an actress in this film as well as Cujo and anyone that loves dogs and knows how that is with rabies that something interesting that I learned in that film she she was actually cold in the car scene because it was the middle of winter when they filmed it and the little boy that she was filming with was actually not hot. He was cold, and you were thinking he was hot. They had to build the heater into the car, or so I was told from her Q&A after the film had, had shown, because what they would do at this convention, which was so unique, is they would they would show the movie, and first they showed Cujo, then she would come on and do a Q&A, and then she would say, enjoy the show, and then have her come on again. And then, of course, then you had Alan Howard, if I'm pronouncing his name right. Does that sound right to you? That, yep, that's that's right. Yes, Alan Howard, he was he did the soundtracks or the sound effects. He was a sound effects producer. Make a long story short, from Halloween, he did Back to the Future, uh, Escape from New York, Big Trouble, Little China. He also he also did many other movies like E.T. that we remember, which D. Wallace was in, and. One of the most famous songs I will never forget is the theme song from Halloween with John Carpenter when he did the piano and then he kept overlaying it and overlaying it, which I believe we have some sound clips from, which maybe you'll get to hear later on in the podcast. But he he was just awesome. He did a live concert and people could talk to him and meet and greet with him before he did the show and after he did the show. Uh, for my father's anniversary gift, I bought him a genuine vintage autographed record that Alan signed from doing the soundtrack for the for the movie which is essentially what the record had on it but it was it what made it so special is it was red and back in the 80s something that they don't do they had limited records and they each had their own specific theme this one was red and it had the Statue of Liberty in the middle and the outside had its own Vintage limited edition packaging, which was so cool, which he had signed in gold ink so that you could see it. And one of the things I've learned is when you're having an actor, an actress, or, or some kind of movie star or something, sign your 
object, you want to have it either in silver, black, or white so that you can see it because the worst thing you can do is have them sign it in black ink on a black poster that you're not going to see. But I thought he was great. He was friendly. Um, you know, he wasn't he wasn't standoffish. He wasn't narcissistic. He wanted to meet all of his fans. His merchandise was fairly priced, and so was the wallet. Both of them had pictures and posters, different merchandise, you name it, anything you can think of. They had it on their dealer's table. Their agents were friendly in doing a sales pitch for them. They let you take pictures, and it was all included usually in the convention, which is what made this one so unique. You have different prices. For example, if you go to Rhode Island Comic Con, okay, it'll be 200 bucks if you want an autograph and the picture and the meet and greet. Or it'll be 100 bucks for an autograph and the picture. This price, I believe it was all included, wasn't it? Yeah, what, what, what was interesting about this particular event is, first of all, it was at a drive-in, which is very unique. Uh, when Karen found it, it said that there was going to be a meet and greet and that Alan was going to be there and Dee was going to be there, and then they were going to be answering questions on the stage. And I was like, a drive-in with a stage? So I tried calling them for information, but there was never any answer. So when we got to the drive-in, they had two screens. They were playing Spider-Man and uh, some other kids' movie on screen two. And on screen one was Horror Fest, which kind of doesn't make any sense to have Horror Fest and Kids Fest at the same time, but they did. And so uh, we ended up parking in the second row, and they had set a stage up underneath the screen, which was pretty cool. And so we got there at 6 o'clock when they opened. And uh, we we looked around a little bit, and they had it. They had a, a dealer there. They had a vendor set up that was selling um, like Halloween action figures and posters and comic books and all kinds of things of that nature. And uh, Dee Wallace was there. She had her her um, trailer parked right next to the concession stand, and uh, she was just sitting at a table there with all of her pictures and her posters. And then Alan's table was set up next to hers. So when we first got there, there she was. And we just walked up to her, me and Karen and Jamie, and we're just talking to her. And she was the nicest. It was like talking to your grandmother. Would you say, Jamie? Yeah, she was She was very nice for her age. Um, I didn't feel nervous. I didn't, I didn't, she didn't give off that vibe that she was, she was standoffish. She was very friendly, very outgoing very extroverted. She she was just like talking to a normal paparazzi. She was almost as if she wasn't an actress. It was just like she was one of us, like a paparazzi. Like She was so down to earth, so nice. She would sit there and talk to you as long as you want about any of her film, any of the work that she's done. She was into talking about other horror films that were related to the work that she's done. She she would sign anything. If you wanted the picture, she's like, oh, yeah, sure, get in, take a picture. I don't mind. She wouldn't charge you extra. She, I mean, usually at some conventions, as I had mentioned before, they will the agents will say, okay, well, if you want a picture, that's another hundred bucks, or it's a hundred for a picture and an autograph, and they will not allow you to take a picture. But at this particular convention, what made it so unique is Alan or D Wallace. Their agents would say, yeah, sure, you want a picture? Come on in, and they would let you take a picture. Uh, Alan was going up to people in the crowd, talking to them and shaking their hand. Dee Wallace was petting people's pets, and uh, there was a little, there was a little uh, French bulldog there that someone had brought along that had that, that was with their owner that had Halloween apparel on it. 
Dee Wallace went up and just pet him, and, and it was like she was one of us, like she was just the paparazzi there to visit her. She didn't care. She didn't have her guard or her agent following her around like like she was better than us. She was she was down to earth. She was friendly. She blended in well with the crowd, and, of course, she, she wasn't sitting there in her car. She bought her, her RV with her that she would have seen in the movie RV, but this was so much better. This was like the most expensive, exquisite RV you'd ever seen, a luxurious RV that was like a five-star hotel. And then, of course, she had her fancy car next to her, her Maserati, and then her agents were in a different different fancy cars, you know, because that's just how it is. She's not going to stay with them, and they're not going to stay with her. But they were there to make sure the event went smoothly. And, of course, not to worry, the drive-in had security so that people just couldn't go in and out as they please. You had to have a ticket. They had to have proof that you had a ticket that you paid to get in, and then they let you in. Um, They had hamburgers. They had hot dogs. And one of the things which was really unique is when you went up to the concession stand, I don't know why they did this. I think they probably did it because of COVID. They were not letting you go into the concession stand and buy your food like you would at the Glen Drive in Queensbury. You had to wait outside. They would take your order at the front, and then you would go around the back to the pickup table, which is coincidentally where they had Dee Wallace and Alan Hart. And and one side it was Dee Wallace, and the other side was Alan. While you were waiting for your food, you met them, then you got your food, went back and ate, and if you wanted to, you went back to the meet and greet afterwards and the Q&A. The food was reasonably priced, you know, $4 for a hot dog, $6 for, for uh you know, if you want a hamburger, eight dollars. If you wanted a cheeseburger, you know your your your, your typical drive-in prices. Um, and then they th- they included a shirt, so you know you could buy a shirt with it if you wanted it. It was completely optional, but you're not gonna not go to a horror film festival and not get a shirt if you're into graphic tees or merchandise or memorabilia. So of course. We, I, I picked up a shirt for my father because it was his anniversary. We walked around, and then that's when we met Dee. I just couldn't believe it. When I saw her, my mother was like, oh, look over there. It's Dee Wallace. She's standing in the crowd. She's what? She's where? She was just standing there getting out of her car, just watching everyone talking to her agent like she was one of us. And she was talking to people before she got to the table, telling the people that were organizing the event, oh, we don't. she doesn't mind what decorations they use as long as it looks nice. Usually – the the stars, the actors, and the actresses afterwards are like, oh, I don't want this, and put this there, and put this here, and they were bossy. She was just, she didn't care. She was, she she she, she was easygoing. As long as it looked nice, she didn't care. As long as the place was safe, she didn't care. Alan didn't seem to mind at all. He was talking to as many people as he want wanted to, and as and as a matter of fact, his agent was was hilarious he was like doing this sales pitch i mean what was the sales pitch he was doing with the sunglasses i can't really remember what what was that yeah, sales so, pitch he was, uh, he was doing so uh, basically uh what it was was the uh alan has did uh, sound effects for star trek the motion picture he did the warp effect and he worked on star trek the motion picture the wrath of khan the search for spock the voyage home the final frontier and the Undiscovered Country. He did the sound effects for those movies, which is really awesome. Uh, but he also worked with John Carpenter on the soundtracks for Big Trouble in Little China, Halloween, Escape from New York, and The Thing, which is really awesome. 
And uh, being a huge fan of Escape from New York, as Jamie already said, I walked up to the table and he had the Escape from New York albums, LP records, not CD. Well, he did have a bunch of CDs, but I was shocked that he had albums. So, um, of course, Jamie got me the Escape from New York album, and he signed it for me, which was incredibly awesome. But he also had the soundtrack for They Live on an album. And for those of you who uh, know They Live, the, the sunglasses made you see in black and white. When you put on the sunglasses, you could actually see the aliens and the signs that they were putting up around to control people subconsciously. So on the album, uh, when you opened it up, it was a pair of sunglasses. And on one side, it said, they live. And when you slide it out, the album, it says, consume. And for those of you who know, that was one of the signs in the movie. So the, the sunglasses on the album cover would change what you would see when you pulled it out, which was pretty cool. But uh, I had to go for Escape from New York because I'm a huge, huge Snake Plissken fan. So... And basically, that brings me down to what would happen at the event. So before the movie started, they had a uh, they said it was going to be a Q&A with Alan. So uh, we're like, OK, cool. So we're sitting in the car and um, Alan is, goes up on the stage and, and he's setting everything up. And the next thing we know, we're hearing two more days till Halloween, 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 two more days till Halloween, Silver Shamrock. Well, what, what's going on? Well, it wasn't actually a Q&A. What it was is Alan was up on stage playing the music that he worked on for all these great movies. And, and just for you guys, I recorded some of the songs. Obviously, I wasn't planning on this, so I had to do it on my phone, which means my space was extremely limited, so I could only get little snippets of some of the songs because my phone filled up, filled up in a hurry. So uh, the first clip that I have for you guys, just to give you guys a feel for it, uh, was when he started doing Big Trouble in Little China. Also, for the sound quality, like I said, it was my cell phone. When we go back next year, I'll, I'll do a more proper recording. And, of course, uh, I mentioned Escape from New York. So, obviously, I have a clip from that. And this is actually the uh, bridge chase 
uh, from the end of the movie where they're trying to get across the bridge to get to the wall. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we've got a lot more to talk about. Don't touch that dial. Hi there. This is Eric from Trek Talking. Do you own a business, produce a product, or are planning an event that would appeal to Star Trek fans? Would you like to harness the power of this podcast to get your message out to the world? We here at Trek Talking are a show made by fans for fans. And we would love to help you share your love of Star Trek on the air, live every Monday and Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern. Contact us through Facebook Messenger at facebook.com slash trektalkingandbeyond or email us using the contact link on our website at podpage.com slash trek-talking. We can't wait to hear from you. Engage. And we're back. Uncle Jim and Jamie are here with you guys. We're live. We're talking about Fright Fest, which was the Fair Oaks Drive-In in Middletown Springs, New York, which was on Saturday night. It was it was a very interesting event and something I've never been to, and I definitely plan on going back to again. So as I was saying, Alan Howarth uh, did a convention. I would say he played for about a half an hour, which really surprised me. And uh, some of the songs he was pulling out, you're you're just sitting in your car and you're like, oh, my God, I know that song. Well, <laughs> I hope so, because this next one, um, we heard this one and we're like, oh, my God. And I don't even think this one needs an introduction. that one jamie everyone knows that one yes halloween john conqueror's most favorite movie that started them all and i know yep. i'm excited about halloween kills october 15 2022 and i'm not yep. sure if alan Hark is going to do the sound effects for that one but i do know that i do love all the other ones and what really sticks in your head is when you hear the Silver Shamrock commercial, which is both mildly irritating but yet entertaining. Two more days to Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. <laughs> Two more days to Halloween, Silver Shamrock. And then their head explodes. Yeah, that that is just a classic. The kids put on, they, they, let's see, they have the pumpkin, they have the witch, and they have the skeleton, which 
I did not get a picture, which, pardon me, I should have. But uh, they had a few other things. They had Michael, I mean, not Michael, they had the pumpkin sitting on one of the little uh, ropes for the line waiting to go and buy T-shirts and food at the concession stand. They had one of the other uh, silver shamrock masks. It was like a skeleton. They had the person from Saw there, the little guy with the little little uh, bull's eyes on his face, which I'm not really much of a fan of, this freaky guy riding a tricycle. Just, I'm not really a fan. But I did like the movie Trick or Treat. They had that, that trick uh, little decoration there. They had Jason and Chucky, which you could get a picture with, which was pretty cool. They had, it was like going to a Halloween party. It was really fun. And the women's bathroom had a different scene. There was balloons and orange lights. It was like going to a Halloween party. I wish I had known I would have dressed up. There were a few people that had bought Halloween costumes and people that had Halloween merchandise, T-shirts, hockey shirts, pajamas, you name it. They were wearing it. It was just really fun. People bought out, you know, uh, adult beverages, if you will, and kids' beverages, meaning that they mixed the two together. Um, they had they had people bring music and they were just making it into like this early Halloween party, if you will, which was cool. Uh, they, they since they were showing uh, Freddie, they they were playing the Freddie theme song. They were playing the the new one and the old one. The people that were next to us, they had all kinds of Halloween themed horror film music, which was really neat. They were also playing theme music on the radio station itself that you had to tune into. Um, I think it was 90, 91.1 or 92.1, I can't really remember, but the station itself was playing music from all the different shows, which was cool. And then, of course, as my father had mentioned, they had the stage up front, so, you know, Alan would come up and he would do a live concert, and then you would go back and you'd ask him questions. They had, Then they had, they had uh, Dee Wallace come up and you could ask her questions after, after viewing uh, whatever movie it was, for example, when the film Cujo concluded, she came up and did her Q&A. People were able to ask her different questions about the film and what it was like working with the producer and the different dogs that were in the film, which surprisingly I had no idea that there were six or seven different dogs for every scene and that they filmed every scene a dozen times or more. I, had not, I did not know that. What I did know is that was based off of a book, but they had changed the ending, which was really neat. She told you about that. She told you about what the car was like. People had all kinds of different questions about other movies. I believe she said she had it was it was great. She loved working with Rob Zombie on the Halloween set, and that it wasn't quite as bad as you would think. I mean, well, I don't know. I don't know. I'd be afraid to work with any actor that was that was portraying Michael. But that's just me. I think that would be both freaky but entertaining at the same time. Um, she she talked about other things. Fans were asking her all kinds of questions. Uh, and I believe she said she would like to write a book someday. And one of the fans there had said that Elvira had actually wrote a book about what it was like being Elvira. And she said she had wanted to write a book, which is really neat. And I think she should. I would read a book about Dee Wallace's biography any day because I'm not really too familiar with her other movies, but I do know her major movies like E.T. and Cujo. I've seen The Howling and... And, you know, but I'm not really I'm, – I'm more of a fan of Cujo and E.T. than I am the other two. But I wish that they had played E.T., but I, I wasn't there. I don't know the other films they were playing. But I think they were playing films until 3 a.m. in the morning, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it was dusk till dawn. We didn't stay. 
But what was cool about the Halloween theme is that Alan came on stage just as it was getting dark. And when the sun was completely down, that's when he broke into the Halloween song, which I just played for you guys. And it was really cool because um, he was in front of the movie screen and they had red and green and orange lights that were, that were kind of shining on him. And all you could really see was his silhouette um, in these different colors as he was playing the Halloween theme, which was really creepy and, uh, but awesome. And after he got done playing the Halloween theme, he played another familiar theme song. And as I said, I missed the beginning because if I had the beginning, you, it would be a dead giveaway and you would know it right away. Jamie and I have already talked about it, but uh, this was the, the final song that he played before, um, before Cujo started. And of course, you guys know that was Halloween. So after he got done, uh, before Cujo started, uh, D. Wallace came up on stage. And again, I apologize. I wasn't prepared because I'd never been to an event quite like this, so I wasn't ready. So uh, we went back to our car after Alan was done and he was putting away his equipment and his, and his uh, instruments and stuff. And we go back to the car and all of a sudden, uh, the stage lights come on and D Wallace is up on stage. And, and by the time I got out of the car and got my phone, um, she was finishing up. So I only got like a little bit of her introduction of Cujo. So here it is. D Wallace, uh, introducing Cujo. Well, the end of D Wallace introducing Cujo. Any dog because we didn't want to overwork the dog. So one of them was a jumper, one of them was a growler, one of them was a digger, one of them, you know, 
They were all trained to do different things. And to get that many dogs relatively the same size and weight and all trained, it, it was a masterful um, feat that Carl Miller pulled off. And I just want to give a shout out to Danny Pintaro, who played my son. I got up every day and thank the good Lord that I got that kid for that part because he was really like working with another little adult. He was amazing. So sit back, enjoy, hope I scare the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so she introduced Cujo, and they rolled the film. And something else they did at um, Fright Fest was uh, Cujo, uh, when was that, 1982, uh, maybe, 81? It was in the early 80s, at any rate. I don't have the exact year off the top of my head. But but it was in the, in the early, early 80s, at any rate. And what they did before the movie is they played the movie trailers that would have played before Cujo came out in the 80s for like the old 80s horror movies like The Blessing and um, uh, I think Firestarter might have been one of them. Um, and they, and so while you're sitting there, it was kind of like a flashback because they were playing these old trailers for these old movies that would have been in the, if you went to see Cujo in the theater, these are the trailers that you would have seen playing before the movie back in the day, which was really, really cool and really fun because a lot of these trailers I hadn't seen before or I hadn't seen in decades. So it was a lot of fun. It really, it really set up a good atmosphere for the whole thing. It was really, really awesome. So that's what happened. And then they started, then they went into the movie, um, Cujo, which, yeah, what can I say about Cujo? Uh, Dee Wallace told us a little bit about Cujo. She said, as you heard earlier, that they had seven different dogs, and each dog only did one thing, like the dog that jumps through the door. That's all that dog did, jump through the door, and he was done. The dog that was digging on the, on the hood of the car and on the windshield, that dog was the digger, and that's all that dog did, just, just dug and left. The dog that ran into the side of the car, that's all he did. The dog that growled, the dog that barked. Um, each dog only was trained to do one specific thing, and that's all that they did. So I was not aware of that. And also, she said that these were St. Bernard's. And, and if you people know, St. Bernard's are not really an aggressive breed. So a lot of the times while the St. Bernard's were attacking her in the movie, uh, the dog would be wagging their tail and licking her face which obviously you can't have in a horror movie. The dog has to be mean and it has to be a, appear to be aggressive. So uh, they, they, they use cuts so that you couldn't see that the dog was actually not attacking her. And they actually had to wire the dog's tail down so that you didn't see a wagging tail while the dog was supposedly attacking people. And if you watch the movie, you will notice some scenes where the tail is wagging. And if you have a dog, you know that when a dog is, is being aggressive, their tail is down. When their tail is up and wagging, they're not in their aggressive mode. 
So they were constantly tying the dog's tail down with wire so you wouldn't see a wagging tail. And there were a couple of scenes in the movie after she mentioned that where I, I noticed it, but that I had never noticed before. Um, and she also told the story about the end of the movie. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Cujo, um, <laughs> at the end of the movie, when she finally gets out of the car, and uh, Cujo attacks the cop and kills the cop, and then she makes a break, and um, she grabs the cop's gun, and she's trying to break the back window of the car to get her son out of the car. Her son's named Tad. And she's whacking the window and whacking the window and whacking the window, and the kid is laying in the back of the car, and they're not yelling cut. And uh, the director told her that she had to hit the window really, really hard because they coated the window. They wanted to get it the camera was looking up and they really wanted to get the impact of the gun hitting the window. So it was as realistic as possible. So she was swinging that thing as fast and hard as she could. And on the third time the window broke and they didn't yell cut. So she reaches in and she grabs the kid and she starts carrying her son to the house and they still haven't yelled cut. And so she, she goes up the stairs and she limps across the, the porch and brings him into the house. They finally, they yell cut. Well, when she was swinging at the at the uh, window she and reached in to get the kid, she cut her arm on the, the window glass on the car. And uh, she was worried that she was going to hurt uh, Danny, or uh, the kid's name was Tad. So she, was, she, she told the story that there was two versions of her. The actor part of her was saying, swing that as hard as you can. And then the D. Wallace part was like saying, well, don't hurt the kid. There's broken glass everywhere. You don't want to hurt the kid. And she was conflicted as to what to do, and they never yelled cut, so she just kept on going. And that was the scene that they used in the movie. Um, and an, another scene is when they're in the car, and the kid is yelling, I want my daddy, I want my daddy, and she screams at him, uh, you know, says, I'll get your father for you. And uh, they called her out, and they said, look, um, we think that scene is a little bit too intense, the way you're screaming at the child, and we think that audiences might not, um, you know, react well to that scene because, you know, you're, you're trapped in the car. It's a life or death situation and you're screaming at the kid. We, we want to tone it down. And so she went in and they watched the dailies and, um, and D Wallace said, no, I, I think we should leave that scene the way it is. And they said, well, let's, let's do it a different way. So they did it a, a softer way. And, and, uh, Stephen King, showed up there and, and said, no, no, we want, we want, you know, the other scene. So they, they used the original scene that they thought was, was too harsh. So that was pretty, a pretty cool story that I had never heard. And I never read the book. So um, they changed the ending of the book. Apparently in the book, her son dies. But in the movie, if you guys remember, she gets into the house and she gives him some water and she does mouth to mouth and she saves his life. And in, in the book, that doesn't happen. And Stephen King said he was glad that they changed the ending because the audiences were so much more receptive to the movie when the child survived than when the child died. So uh, we're going to take our final commercial break of the evening. Jamie and I will be right back to, uh, to talk a little bit more about Fright Fest. So uh, we don't want you to, to go away. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Trek Talking, all things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. 
iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back, and I'm sorry, I forgot to give you the number at the top of the show. A 646-668-2433 is our number here. If you'd like to call and, and uh, ask us about Cujo or the Howling, uh, we would love to hear from you guys. So uh, Dee Wallace said that her favorite movie of all the movies that she worked on was Cujo, uh, but, she, but she's very fond of E.T., uh, but Cujo is the movie that she likes. Now, I had a poster of the Howling. I went to a convention a few years ago and met Belinda Belinsky, who starred in the Howling with Dee Wallace. And I had her sign a Howling poster for me. So when I went to Fright Fest, of course, I brought that poster. And Dee Wallace says, oh, who did you have sign this? And she says, oh, it's Belinda. I said, yeah, Belinda Belinsky signed it. So she signed it for me in, in a gold paint pen, which was the same color that Belinda used. And uh, she said, to Jim, bite me, Dee Wallace, which I thought was great. Because um, I'm a huge fan of the Howling myself. So overall, though, I have to say that the... The Fright Fest was a very unique and very entertaining and very fun evening. It was like nothing I'd ever attended before. Um, you know, there wasn't crowds and hordes of people. You weren't standing around online waiting for hours. Um, Alan and Dee were just wandering around amongst the cars talking to people. It was so laid back and, 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 uh, and fun. And everybody that was there was was a horror fan. So, that, like Jamie said, there were people in costumes, and and uh, it it was just a very um, laid back atmosphere. It was just uh, so much fun and so unique. I, I I can't think of another way to describe it. Um, other than that, I mean, I, I got to talk to Dee for a couple minutes, and uh, and Alan about Escape from New York, and um, which is one of my favorites, and They Live. A little bit about Star Trek, but not a lot because it was a horror convention. But I will drop a little dime for you guys. I did talk to his agent, and I believe that we're going to have him on this podcast. Uh, maybe not next week, but the week after. So you want to stay tuned for that. And then we could talk to him about Escape from New York, They Live, The Thing, Star Trek. So keep, keep, keep your eye on our Facebook page for that. But it was just a fun, fun evening and a very surprising evening um as jamie said um it was our 30th wedding anniversary and when we got married i had rented out the omni hotel in albany new york for a star trek convention i had the entire hotel rented so um i said to karen why don't we get married on friday night all of our friend and family are going to be here anyways so i went to the hotel and they said because we had rented the whole the entire place uh they would let us use the main ballroom on friday night so um, we we put we closed the wall and, and and had our wedding in there on one side of the ballroom and then on the other side we had the reception and it, it was it was a really great special day and um, I was I was thrilled and Carl Striken Lurch from the Adams family and Mr Holm from Star Trek: The Next Generation was a guest at the convention he was going to be appearing there on Saturday and so he was up in his room. And he said he heard that we were getting married, and he came down, and Carl Strike and crashed our wedding. 
And if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see a picture of me and Karen on our wedding day with Carl Stryken. And like Jamie said, he's seven feet tall. He's a big guy. And when he walked in the wedding, everybody was like, wow. And, you know, he talked to everybody. He played the piano a little bit. The band broke into Star Trek when he came in. It was, it was an adventure. Well, oddly enough, 30 years later, just about to the day, if you look on our Facebook page, you will see a picture of me and my wife, Karen, with my awesome daughter, Jamie, and Dee Wallace. So 30 years ago, I, on my wedding, I had a picture with Carl Stryken. And 30 years later, I was meeting Dee Wallace with my daughter, Jamie. So it's a full circle. So that's pretty cool. And you can check out those pictures on our Facebook page. I also have a bunch of other pictures posted on there from the event as well. Um, so, yeah, I had a blast. And we're definitely looking forward to going back again. We did not stay until dawn. Phantasm, which Alan did the effects for, and there was a fifth movie, and I don't remember what that was, but uh, we left right after the Halloween. We didn't stay. So, uh, overall, I, I think this was a blast, and if, if anyone's listening and you're and you're down near Fair Oaks, Middletown Springs, New York, I, I've got to recommend that you go to Fright Fest, because uh, it was very reasonable. It was um, it was sixty dollars for a car load to get in. That was four people, and then it was sixty dollars for the meet and greet. Um, so you know you're not going to go to a convention that cheap. And the atmosphere of just wandering around, you know, talking to these people, getting pictures with them, you're not going to get that at a convention. So it was an absolute blast. I loved it, and I can't say enough good things about it. What what did you think, Jane? Yeah, I would highly recommend it. I you know, I think it was a ten out of ten for a little mini film festival, nothing but horror films, but classic horror films nonetheless. None of this modern age horror films. We're talking classic nineteen eighties horror films here for any horror fans out there. It was a it was very nice because you could go up to anyone. It was all like minded horror film fans. They would talk to you about anything. They were very friendly. The actors and, and, of course, the sound effects producer, Alan, he was great. Dee Wallace, she was great. Uh, the organizers of the event were all very nice. I, I would consider going again if maybe they had something maybe from today or maybe another classic horror film that I'd like to see. Maybe they'll have that. Maybe one of these days they would have Snake Plissken, but that's uh, – I don't think so. But speaking of Snake Plissken, he was also in Christmas Chronicles on Netflix in 2021. But I always think, when I think of Snake Plissken, I think of Big Trouble, Little China, and the all-famous Escape from New York, which I, I liked those films. They were great. The music was great. And, of course, Sean Carpenter's Halloween. Um, I will say I did not care too much for Rob Zombie's version. I think he completely missed the bandwagon of what Michael Myers was all about and especially John Carpenter's filming style and the way of which he went about the cinematography of that film. I mean, I didn't have a problem with the camera angles. I just had a problem how he portrayed the film. So I'm going to, I would say if I had to rate that film, I would give that film a seven out of 10 for the simple fact is that he made it too bloody. He made it too gory. He focused too much on the social aspects of the, of, of the different classisms that, 
Michael was living in a different setting as opposed to about Michael. Um, they they just made Michael out to be this crazed psycho killer when in fact that's not what it was about. I mean it was, but it wasn't. Did it? They I just think they they did they didn't do a good job. Rob Zombie could have done a much better job. I think he should have went back to the drawing board before he put it out in theaters, but that's just me. But John Carpenter, just to give you a little example, when when, when Michael's going to kill somebody, for example, when he goes to kill his sister and she's brushing her hair, and you see this, this shot of, of just him, and, it, and it's just this medium close-up shot of his sister getting, you know, brushing her hair. Of course, she's half naked, and he goes and stabs her, and you just see him through the mask. That's what it's all about. It's about the filming. It's about the camera angles. It's about the lighting. It's about the cinematography all mixed into how Michael is. I mean, yes, obviously Michael had some mental issues, and he had some big issues with, you know, psychology issues. I mean, he needed to see a psychiatrist or something because people don't run around killing people every day. But he also didn't run around bashing people's heads in with baseball bats and his family wasn't, you know, running around saying profanities and, and, and his family wasn't, wasn't you know, necessarily disrespectful. But he, he did come from a dysfunctional functional family life, but it wasn't like that was the whole thinking movie. But, you know, I just like, you know, you hear it, like you see the pumpkins flickering on the on the porches and then you know when you hear that song and Jamie Lee is running around and she's trying to keep Tommy Doyle safe and then she runs across the street to see to see the friend and you know she's screaming help me and no one will let her in and you hear dun 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 it's like Jaws I mean when you hear when you hear a certain theme I think Alan he had it he hit the nail right on the head and when you hear that He's going to kill him, and you might see a little blood here, but they, he leaves it open-ended. He leaves it up to you. Whereas when Rob Zombie did that, it was just like blood and gore. He smashes the boyfriend's head in with, with a freaking baseball bat, and there's blood everywhere, and there's, he, just, he leaves nothing up to imagination. But in the original, that's how it's supposed to be. But I did like the last Halloween because in the last Halloween, they made it very similar to that of, of James Carpenter's where they left it up to you. I mean, you heard the music and you could see them, you know, building the tension up for when these kill scenes were coming up. Because when you think about it, if they took out the music, Michael wouldn't be so popular because that's how you know he's around. They, they play the music, Michael shows up. But, you know, in Rob Zombies, that wasn't always the case. Half the time, they didn't even play the, the Halloween theme song, which how can you call it a Halloween movie without the all-famous theme song? Am I right? Yeah, it's kind of like Jaws. And actually, if you yeah. guys didn't know this, Dee Wallace is in the Halloween remake um, that Rob Zombie made. Of course, she gets killed. And uh, it, as Jamie said, it, it's not a very good movie um, at all. Uh, he misses the mark completely. He turns it into this violent psycho fest. It's just, and which isn't what Halloween is. But at any rate, she said that when she worked with Rob Zombie on that movie, you would never know because the way he is on uh, his persona is, and the way he is in person are, are nothing alike at all. He's just a quiet, funny guy, and that he doesn't come off like that. Um, his public persona. Well, believe it or not, uh, we've used up our whole hour. So um, I want to let you guys know 
that on Thursday night we're going to be talking about Star Trek Lower Decks. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that one. I really enjoyed this episode. General Martok was in it. There's a lot of Klingon stuff in it. And you know how I am with Klingons. So uh, you guys definitely want to tune in on Thursday night if you want to hear that. And uh, Eric, Charles, and David will all be back for that show Thursday night at 730. You definitely want to catch that for sure. And uh, any other news going on? I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. We're going to be doing a special Star Trek Day show because on the 8th is Star Trek Day. So um, on the 12th, we're going to have a special podcast. It's going to be dedicated to all the news that comes out of Star Trek Day. That'll be on Monday the 12th. And we've bumped our comic book corner, which was scheduled for the 12th, to the following week. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Picard, Stargazer, Issue 1. Head over to our Facebook page, Trek Talking and Beyond. Give us a like. Give us a follow. We'd love to have you be part of our ever-growing Star Trek family. So I want to say thank you so much to Jamie for hanging out and talking with us tonight about Fright Fest. Thank you so much, Jamie. Yeah, Live long and prosper. Oh, and I just want to add a little tidbit. Speaking of Pine Bush, we ended up seeing the tour. I also bought uh, tickets go see that museum it's it's just your typical museum where you do the guide and it's a modern age museum you just press the button it'll tell you all the things you need to know about ufos and and all these different things about pine bush it really is a musty if you're in the area then of course they have the gift shop where you can buy t-shirts you can buy magnets things like that it was really fun i wish that my father and i had had a chance to tell you about that but the organizer of the event did not have time to take us through the museum, but I am glad that I did have the opportunity to see that. They also uh, told some paranormal things about the town and different stories that had happened. So if you'd like to go see that, it's fairly priced. It's it's $17 a person general admission. It's well worth it. They also have other guided tours, which you can check out their website in Pine Bush, New York, uh, Paranormal and UFL Museum. So I would highly go and check their website out if you're interested in that. They also had moved their their main festival from Labor Day to June 4th, I believe. So it's the first week at, weekend in June. But I'm not sure if they're going to move that next year. So not to quote me, I would highly recommend going over to their website, which you can find that information on the museum website. They'll give you a link, and you can head on over to that page. But I was very I was very pleased with that. I enjoyed it. I'm very much into UFOs and extraterrestrial and paranormal, things like that. That intrigues me. I love it. Um, I have actually seen some UFO activity myself. Uh, my father has seen some when he was a child. He saw a flashing light playing outside in the street with his brother, so he knows enough about that. But, you know, people go there. They share their stories. They go to the UFO festival. You can buy stuff from all the different vendors selling different things, all different sci-fi things. So it's really fun. I would highly encourage checking that out. And, of course, the the drive-in and with the Horror Fest, and I would, I would just go check that website out if you're interested in that. Um, both the things that we've been talking about, you can go check out any of those movies. But, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have, that's all I have to say to conclude tonight and uh, live long and prosper. Check out the main show Thursday night, and um, I'm going to hand it back to you, Dan. Yeah, I just want to make sure that I say one more time before I go, the happy anniversary to my awesome wife, 
Uh, it's been 30 years of marital bliss. We actually started dating in high school, so I've actually been together for 40 years. We've only been married for 10, so happy anniversary to my awesome wife. I wouldn't change a thing. Anyways, make sure you check out our Facebook page, Truck Talking and Beyond. Tune in on Thursday night for the regular cast and crew. All my truck spurts will be back. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, saying please stay safe and be good to each other. Star Trek fans are the best fans. Thanks a lot, guys. Good night. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.